You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Like everybody says, oh, you got to pay your dues. I'm like, yeah, but I'm a leading man and I want to be the lead of the show. And that's who I am. So I've, but that's what I, not was taught, what I had in me. Like yeah. just a, uh, in Spanish, it's espíritu protagónico. In, Sp- in English, it would be like um, a protagonist spirit. Like, you know what you're good for. <laughs> You know how people do like, oh, I never sing. I'm like, oh, I sing. Yes, I sing. <laughs> like fucking enchanted. But not, day. not good. Like I sing like, like, oh my God, I'm gonna lose my shit. Like I do, <laughs> I, I do things like that. Yes. Yeah. Do we need to get him a little Sometimes there we go. Uh, on purpose, I do it off key. I'm about to lose my shit. I'm about to lose yeah. my shit. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. That I like was that. you trying to sing Red Red Wine earlier. Red no. Red <laughs> Wine. I could do it as Celine Dion. <laughs> you have not listened to you have not lived until you listen to my Celine Dion That's why you need to do Titanic. <laughs> right? But I, oh, that's not the role back. they want me to play though. <laughs> I'd be a great they Celine. Celine. They want me to be the villain, which I will totally play. I yeah. told my agent, tell them yes, I'm interested. So but All right, should we do the intro? Yeah, let's let's intro. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. I'm Heather Vickery, and I am live in New York City with my very good friend. Honk, honk, ooga, ooga, ambulance noises, that, police noises, Times Square. Uh, these are New York noises. Alan, Alan Seals is my name, and Heather and I started out as two perfect strangers who met by chance and embraced opportunity. Listen in as we chat with other successful people about the risks they've taken to put themselves on the path to creative success. Do that all in one breath. But why? Because, Was it necessary to because, do that? Well, I don't want to stop in the middle of a sentence like a three-year-old, but then I, anyway. If you're listening, we encourage you to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> Brought to you by breathing. <laughs> Alan. Yeah. We're in person. We are we together. Are. We are. In Times Square. We are. We, hence the noises that you heard, No, those obviously. were not, those were... That was Alan making no. those noises. Oh, God. Did you hear that old-timey <laughs> horn? That old Who, Who's with us? Mauricio Martinez. He's a he's a major international star of both stage and... Stop it. Great. What? She, Act like he, a grown-up. Okay. <clears throat> <laughs> He's a major international star. I didn't say act like a boring grown up. Oh, well, you didn't. Cl- you didn't. Okay, like a grown up on meds, right? <laughs> <laughs> I felt some Xanax there, like totally, like just. 
It's completely chill. <laughs> I took a beta He's blocker. An international or... star. Yeah, just like... Let's talk about sweaty balls. It sounds like you remember the good times from SNL. Yeah, Molly sh- sweaty balls. Other, yeah, yeah, like, sweaty balls. Um, anyway, you've done some things on stage and screen internationally. Of course, um, you were in the Paper Mill Playhouse production of Unmasked, the music of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Um, you were in, you were Emilio Estefan. I'm sorry, you as in the listener. My guest was Emilio Estefan. <laughs> well, you're looking at him. I so am. This is easy. weird. We're like in person now. Uh, he knows what he's done. Emilio Estefan in Broadway's On Your Feet led the national tour of the same name he's got oh, you're reading your intro and not the one i wrote but that's fine oh. i did that yeah i'm rewinding Inter- emmy winner for the tv show el vado on nbc universo i mean this dude was a household name in latin america Forever, you're, you're a telenovela star. Tele- I used to novella. be. Well, yeah, I gave isn't it that up. I think you keep forever. Like you can, well, yeah. it's like an Oscar. And like, they pay royalties, which is good. The, yeah, every now about. and then I get a check. Mauricio Martinez. Ow! <laughs> Hi, Hi guys. Mauricio. How Welcome. are you? Thank you. This is uh, every every episode. We're like, next time we're gonna get the uh, the intro better. This no, is a good it, intro. And it you never... act like an idiot every time. No, I just act like me. That's the difference. Oh, that's not true. That's nice. <laughs> Right? To act like yourself. Or an idiot. <laughs> Whatever comes first. <laughs> Whatever happens naturally. Shut the fuck up, Alan. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Alan. So but you got to do it off key. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut the fuck up, Alan. That's good, that's good, that's good. <laughs> wow. I like it. Alan. Oh sometimes I just wonder how I get myself in these situations. <laughs> this was your idea. I know. I know. No. Wait, so... You're friends with... Lauren Yelankovich. Lauren. Oh, yes. I was back on... Oh, Jaime Camil. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that. Was back Who plays... At... I... Rogelio is his name? Rogelio. Yeah, the telenovela yeah. star. He's yeah. Gr- a fucking He's very funny. I love him. Yeah. It. He did the Mexican version of um, Ugly Betty. Oh, my god. In Mexico. Yeah. And he used... The, the, how I got to know him was I was a contestant in Mexican Idol 20 years ago. And he was the host. I love that. And uh, that's how we became friends. Yeah. Okay, and so that's a fun tie into Lauren Yelankovich, who is our friend and previous guest who introduced yes. us to you while yes, you are in Ellen. But because she was in Star on Star Search. I, when she was like a she little was, girl, it, right? Is like 16, 17? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Okay. Well, so this show is all about taking intentional risk for creative success, manifesting your dreams. Yes. I mean, that feels like a good place to start. Um, Mexican Idol. Mexican Idol. That was twenty years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I did Mexican Idol. It's a, the Spanish uh, franchise. It's called Operación Triunfo. It's kind of like Idol, but it's like if you put Idol and Big Brother together, that's the Spanish version because Wait. Latinos are very dramatic, as you know, and we <laughs> like telenovelas. So they thought, oh, it's gonna be boring to just have a a competition. So they made you live together. Yes, which <laughs> creates the drama, you know? Did it work? Yes, it worked. <laughs> Super um, stressful and dramatic. Because you're locked in a house with these strangers that you never met and you all want to win. So, I mean, yeah, and like people start dating and having sex and stuff. Of course they stuff. do. I didn't. I was very well behaved. Are you sure? Yes. But I had worked on cruise ships before, so that helped. Because it's basically the same. Being in one okay. of those shows... That, those type of shows is basically like being in a cruise ship because you're locked in a place you with strangers that you didn't choose mm-hmm. and um, doing your work, doing a job. So you got to make the most out of it. So 
That's but there's cameras everywhere. all the time, except the bathroom. But there were cameras like watching you sleep. So it's freaky、Ew. in the beginning, but then you forget. By the third day, you're like running, like running naked, in, not、hurt. naked, but in your underwear, and、yeah. like, oh shit, there's cameras. My mom's seeing me. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why you wouldn't want to have sex in the hallway. But people did could... it anyway under the covers. I know. That's trashy. <laughs> I mean, that's how all of those reality TV shows still do well. But、right? that was 20 years ago, and I was fourth place. Congratulations!、Uh, thank you. Third runner-up, and it was fun. It was like basically the beginning of my career in Mexico. After that, I started starring in musicals and the, did telenovelas and recorded albums. And, I love that. And was, then life brought me to New, back to New York. Yeah. I was third runner-up in the Miss Indiana preteen pageant. Oh wow! <laughs> nice. We have that in common. Fourth kinda place. Kind of like, kind of like Drop Dead Gorgeous, the movie. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie, by the way. <laughs> Isn't the best movie? <laughs> have you ever seen that movie? It's、no. so funny. Oh my god! You have not lived until you see that movie.、You、That's gotta... it. That's we haven't lived until you've seen that movie. Yes. That's it. Okay. Good. <laughs> yes. Because it's perfect. It's funny. It's witty. It's incorrect. Wait, what, what's what's your version of, of what、know. you haven't lived until you've seen? Oh gosh. Ah,、uh, Shit's Creek. Mm-hmm. I mean,、okay. that's a good one. That's a good、yes. one. That's a good like. That's not a movie though. Think、no. of like like a movie or movie franchise. Fuck, so much pressure. I don't know. I don't do. I don't do well. Funny girl. Things like that. I mean, funny girls. I'm a Barbra Streisand fan too. Of course. <laughs> We saw Alan and I saw Beautiful Noise, the Neil Diamond、uh-huh. show last night, and they do. You don't bring me flowers, and I was like, um,、oh, he originally did that with Barbra Streisand. Do you know the story behind that though? They they hadn't recorded the song. They like she did her version. He did his version. And then a radio DJ mixed, did a mashup of them together. Shut up! And it became so famous. Then, then they actually recorded a duet of it. Wow, that's a big because deal. Because it was recorded in the same key. It's interestingly a, it's a enough, song. which is hard to do when you're like usually when women you're and Barbara fucking Streisand. Well, it's different, different key,、yeah. but no, it was the same key. So yeah, and then they it became a hit, and I think it won like the Grammy or something. It did. Yeah, you don't bring me flowers. <laughs> you don't sing me love songs. I cannot sing. I have a cold. Well, Neil Diamond's like you hardly talk、But、to, to me, me anymore. anymore when you walk down. The, when you walk through the door at, at the, the end, end of the day. day, and then Barbara's like, "We're talking about off key. We are, we are fully off key, <laughs> and I have a cold, so that'll be fun to re-listen to." Have、I'll、you ever met Babs? No, but I've seen her five times. Oh my gosh! That, I,、um, okay, those are life goals for me. I've seen her five times. I think she's old. Two, twice in LA, once. In New York, no, twice in New York and once in Brooklyn,、That's、which、crazy. is still New York, but <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you kind of need a visa to go to Brooklyn sometimes, yeah, because I just feel it's so far away sometimes. That's where、yeah. we came from, <laughs> Brooklynites. That's right. Can we? Let's go back a little to to a a, a young Mao. Fab Mao is that what your family? That's short.、Called? Yeah. Okay. That's Shao for、uh, short for Mao Mauricio. Mauricio.、Okay. Mao. Tell us about like. What age do you want me to go to? Well, you know, when you were born. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Like, what? When did you know that there was something creative? Ready oh, to I mean, ever since I can remember. My mother's a painter and、mm-hmm. a fan of music and musicals, like, but old Hollywood musicals. So she and I was a very hyperactive kid. So when I would go get home from school. She, I would have lunch, and then automatically, like she would like pop in a movie or something.、Uh, so I would like do my homework, watching like Grease and like Sound of Music and、uh, Hello Dolly and all these. Did you dance and、crit. sing for、of、the house? Of course,、yeah. I thought I was John Travolta and Gene <laughs> Kelly and 
And then as I grew older and then Patrick Swayze. Yes. And then I discovered MTV. So I was like obsessed with like Michael Jackson and Janet Jackson and Paula Abdul. And then I also liked rock. Like I liked mm-hmm. uh, Great White and White Snake and Bon Jovi and Motley well Crue. And then being from Mexico, of course, I also listened to Spanish music, you know, Mexican pop mostly. So I, I knew that I wanted to do that. Like I, I, but it was thanks to movies and television. Um, not theater. I wasn't exposed to theater until a later, older age. Uh-huh. But I knew that I wanted to do that. I wanted to sing. I wanted to dance. I wanted to act. I would like put on shows and at school. There was this one teacher, my math teacher at first grade that I was flunking, but she made me, she knew I had a singing voice. So she would ask me to sing a song in front of the class. For extra credit? To pass. I love that. Wow. So that's a good teacher, actually. That's the first time I realized that I could use my voice for something other than fun like i could use it as a like currency yes and i'm like ooh, this is interesting (laughs) so i knew i knew i could do something with because i could sing ever since i could remember i i could emulate like if i was i don't know watching greece and i wanted to sing like john travolta i sounded like john travolta or like if i was watching i don't know thriller by michael jackson i'm like so I would sing and dance like him, and it sounded pretty much the same. So I knew I had something, and I was never shy about it. And I just knew I wanted to do it. The Mexican Idol then, was that was the first time that you put yourself out there? No, no, no. This was, I had already studied here in New York, because Idol was when I was 23. And I came to New York at 18 to study. I came to study performing arts. No, I started very, very young singing at church, singing at a choir. Then when I was around 15... I discovered that most of the movies that I watched came from New York, from a place called Broadway, and that um, it was big-time theater, and I fell in love with it. I mean, this was before internet and everything. (laughs) um, But I just fell in love with it. But it was the first time that I put myself out there, like, nationally, internationally. On TV, yes. Before then... I came to New York. I studied here and I auditioned. I was an extra in Sex in the City. I then I sang on cruise ships for a while. Like I, I did everything. I modeled jingles. I didn't. I never waited tables though. Really? Because I, I, I knew I was gonna suck at that job. I would probably, <laughs> I would probably eat the food before it got delivered to the table. You know. So I was With like, your no. Diet Coke. Yeah, but I, I, <laughs> I was very, always very creative. So when I graduated school here, I, and New York is a very expensive city. I created my own um, Spanish, uh, teaching Spanish method. Method. So I would go to Wall Street. I created these like business cards with my name and my. Um, Beeper, remember Beeper? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I um, so I would like pass them on Wall Street to people that I thought looked very American. And <laughs> needed to learn how to speak Spanish. <laughs> needed to learn how to speak Spanish. And some of them actually called and I would charge $100 the hour. That's fucking I was brilliant. Ex- I was this an expensive was like 20 teacher. years ago. And I would just basically like do the alphabet and like I basic sentences that. like I went to the supermarket and I drink water and like I'm going to sleep and my name is blah 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 and, and little by little they started speaking phrases and so I did that for like two years and made great money how <laughs> to, did you come up with that and idea? then I switched I'm like now I'm going to teach English to, to Spanish, Spanish speaking people. and I did that for like two years I was very very creative and I so I played a character I'm like I'm not a, obviously I'm not a teacher but I'm going to play the role that Everybody's I'm a teacher. a teacher so I would wear my glasses and everything not even needing glasses but I had glasses 
Oh, really? So I like was you, a teacher. I love that. Mr. Mao. would get into character. Mr. Mao. Mr. Mao. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how I made a living because New York was, I mean, it's still expensive, you know, but this is before I made money singing and acting, you know? I had to make ends meet. When when you were 18 and you decided to come to New York, were your parents uh-huh. like, yeah, go ahead? And no, I mean, at first, uh, my dad supported me. My mom was scared. She said, I don't want you doing this. This is not for you. And I'm like, it, it is for me, mom. But they kind of wanted me to stay maybe in Mexico and try and have a career over there. But I was like, no, my dream is to be on Broadway. And I want to work in English. And I remember Salma Hayek had just moved to Hollywood and started starring in movies. She was doing Wild Wild West and like mm, started. That was a good movie. She was starting beca- to become famous. And I'm like, if she did it, why not on Broadway? If there's right. a Mexican. She was basically the first Mexican to cross over big time in Hollywood. 25 years ago. I guess. And back yeah. then, there hadn't been a single Mexican on Broadway, which is wild to me. Was she on um, Broadway? No no no, 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 no. But just as an inspiration. Mal right. was. Right. <laughs> yes. well, I know that. There's only been three uh, Mexican-born leads on Broadway. Isn't that wild? That's and a I'm, crazy. And I'm one of them. Isn't that, well, that's wild. Yeah. Because, like, Mexico's right next door. There should be more Mexicans on Broadway. Now yeah. there's a bit more, but leads, 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 there's a, there's only been three. That's insane. Yeah. Sara Ramirez, Bianca Marroquin, and me. Sara Ramirez in um, Spamalot. Spamalot. Bianca Marroquin in Chicago, mm-hmm. and me in On Your Feet. Wow. There you go. So there's some trivia there. You originated Emilio Estefan. No, I was the third was and the third. final Emilio Estefan on Broadway. So I closed the show, and then I took it on the road for a year. Um, all over, all over this wonderful nation. Yeah. Well, I saw it in Chicago. <laughs> no, but I did Chicago. I did the whole run. Well, that's so you saw me. I get it. Did then. Yeah. Aww. It was like four was years ago. It was. Yeah. Yeah. I have Chicago. It was Chicago. freezing. Oh my God! It was freezing in Chicago. It's always freezing in Chicago. It's cold. It's so cold. I was going to live in Chicago. Did you know? No. Um, well, how would you? No. I wouldn't um, have it. I mean, yeah, it, when you walked in, I just got this download. I'm like, oh, he's he just was going to live in Chicago. He was going to live in Chicago. Well, I can tell back in stretch. 2013, I was going to live in Chicago. Um, Why would because, you do that? Because my now ex husband, who by then was my fiance, got an offer. He uh, He's in advertising and he got a, a great offer to work in Chicago at a very famous um, marketing. Uh, company Mad Men Incorporated, uh, Leo Burnett. It's no, called. Oh, yeah. I know Leo Burnett. Yeah, it's like big. Yeah. So, but then the offer fell through a day before our wedding, and we we're getting married, so we I could go with him. But I was like, no, let's get married still. Like, let's get married. When you were here in New York studying, yes. or well, on no, you're, Broadway. So you're in New York. Uh huh. You're teaching Spanish to English to English to when Spanish. When I was nineteen. When you were nineteen. Yeah. And uh, so a year ago. <laughs> right. I was like, a year and a half, pre-pandemic. Yeah, just pre-pandemic. That's all. Um, it, at, at what point, um, like, did you, were you dealing with the rejection of the business okay? Or were you like, oh, yeah. uh, like, did you show up and, and expect to just become the, the next Selma Hayek? I or? knew I was going to make it. I didn't know how, but I like I had a time limit because when you're a foreign exchange student, you have a limited amount of time when you get a work visa when you graduate from an American school, a university. In this case, it was a year and a half. Um, so I did not go to open calls or I did not go to like any like I did not audition for like stum- summer stock or regional or dinner theater or anything like that. I would only audition for big stuff. 
Wow. Hoping. That's gutsy. Yeah, but I've always been gutsy. I love that about you. And I knew what I wanted. I'm like, I'm not going to do it. I'm, I know what I want, and I want the big stuff, and I want it now. You manifested <laughs> the fuck out and of I it. And I did manifest it. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. And now we're back. I mean, life took me back to Mexico after the... I, I landed a, a job at a, at a cruise line making extraordinary money it's stupid. and traveling the it's world stupid and how much back you get paid in, doing this that. is 2000 and the year 2000 so it was much more like you made tons of money um tax-free and you get to travel all over the world and you get to do and you have no expenses like broadway caliber show so yeah. i did it for a year and then i moved back to mexico because my visa had run out so and my dad um was diagnosed with cancer terminal mm -hmm. cancer so i went back home then my dad passed away, and I had never tried Mexico City. And when you think about Mexico City, it's basically like if you put, if you were to put New York, Washington, L.A., and Miami in one, that's Mexico City for Mexico. Because everything's there. Entertainment, oh politics, um, fashion, everything. Oh, yeah, everything. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I moved to Mexico City, and I made it almost immediately because I had my New York training that made me a shark you know because yeah, this city this city makes you like yeah it's like you're made out of iron and you know, like just like so strong and so ambitious and so driven and yeah so i i i hit it big right away in mexico which was amazing after many many years of hard work and pretending to be an English and Spanish teacher here in Manhattan. <laughs> but you did, but you actually did it. You <laughs> yes, I did. I did. I hope I did teach someone to speak either language, either Spanish I or English. I love that you were charging $100 an hour. Like I oh, yeah. am That's a, a lot now. I'm a coach. And that was 1999. That's what I'm saying. I'm a coach <laughs> and I have a hard time getting people to charge that and much. And cash. I'm like, yeah. Cash well, because back then there was no Venmo. <laughs> there was no internet. Uh, I mean, Show internet up. was starting. Show up. Can I write but you remember you when check? you had to, when you remember I had to plug in your phone line, I'm like, <laughs> yes. You've got mail. <laughs> was that you? Yeah. No. <laughs> was it? <laughs> I think that's amazing. So yeah. I, when you talk about dreaming, yeah. manifesting, taking intentional risk, let's just talk for a second about what you said, which was, I don't want to do any of that little stuff. No. I only wanted to go big. And like, never. Who? Who are you? That, that you did like that's amazing. I'm You're Mauricio like, I'm Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, never though, ever, never. I was like, what for? What's the like? Everybody says, oh, you gotta pay your dues. I'm like, yeah, but I'm a leading man, and I want to be the lead of the show, and that's who I am. So I've, but that's what I not was taught, what I had in me, like yeah. just a. Um, in Spanish, it's Espíritu Protagónico. In Sp in English, it would be like um, a protagonist spirit. Like you know what you're good for. I am not good blending my voice and like mix. It's kind of like in a chorus line, you know. Remember a chorus yeah, line, yeah. The, the role Cassie, like that. That I see that show. I'm like, that's I. I know her. I understand yeah. her because that's me. And it's just how you are. It's it's not being egotistical or like you think you're better than it. No, it's just knowing what you're good at. You yeah. know. So I've never been in the ensemble. I've never been an understudy. I've never been a swing. I've always been in theater. I've always been the lead because that. that's what I'm good at. Where did that come that's from? That's my type. That's my voice. That's my <laughs> physique. That's what I am. But where where, where did that, that mentality come from? Because I there's... think my mom had a lot to do with it. 
because there, there are so many it's so beautiful it is it is beautiful and there are so many people that it takes you know into their 30s and 40s and beyond to yeah. be comfortable with embracing what makes you different right and you came right out of Mexico City landed in New York yeah. with that mentality at 18 ever since school I like since school I'm, you could ask people that went with me to school like one of them Peppermint Peppermint um, from Drag Race. RuPaul's Drag yeah. Race yeah. I love that she went to school uh, with me um, she actually taught me how to wear makeup for the first time <laughs> uh, so I love you Peppermint um, you have to make sure she listens yes yeah. of course okay. uh, but um, I just knew who I was and what I sounded like and I I immediately understood like this type of songs I was getting at school, you know, and then when you get an agent, the types of roles you're submitted for, I'm like, oh, this is what I'm good at. This is, this is what I am. Why pretend to be something that I'm not? Why, sh why would I go audition and try out for things that I know I'm not right for? Mm -hmm. um, it may take longer, but at least you know you're doing what you're meant to be. And it worked. And it worked. I mean, it doesn't mean that's my way. And I'm not. I'm not saying it should be the everybody's way. Everybody has their own way, you know. But, but yeah. I, I certainly probably work less than a lot of other peers of mine that work more because they, they you know. And but I'm pretty selective. Yeah. With what it I. It seems like that's intentional. Yes, yeah. it always has been. Yeah. Because uh, I get bored really easily. That's a thing too. So I need breaks from theater, especially like when I got bored from theater, I'm like, oh, now I'll do a TV show or now I'll record an album. Now I'll do a concert. Now I'll write. And now I miss theater. Oh, I miss theater. So and like I got tired of Mexico City because I'm like, I've done everything I can here. What else am I going to do? I've done it all. Move to New York. Be an adult in New York now because I had that. Mm -hmm. uh, it was pending, you know, that assignment in my life. I'm like, I loved New York. New York was like one of the best. It still is. But my best memories my best years was when i was studying here from 18 to 21 i'm like i want to live there again as an adult so i dropped everything like a career great money great roles television red carpets i'm like my car you know <laughs> wow. and i'm like but i want to be a new yorker and i want to be on broadway and so so far it's worked you know so who knows? Maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, now I want to live in Hawaii. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, yeah. I mean, I um, think whatever it is you want to do, you're going to do it. But you know what you want. You know, like I'm not a, I'm not I'm not an L.A. guy, for example. That's not for me. Mm -hmm. I, I, I lived that life in Mexico and I didn't really like it. Um, I like New York. Like this is the the city where I'm the happiest because it's free and I like to walk everywhere and ride the subway. And yeah. um, me too. The anonymity. 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 Thank you. Um, <laughs> I wish you guys could see his adorable smile right anonymity. now. Anonymity. What a word. See, anonymity. Anonymity. Um, anonymity. Um, I love the <laughs> anonymity of New York. <laughs> you know, I love that. Yeah. I love being able to like ride the subway and all of a sudden like Naomi Watts is like sitting next to you or you're, you're in Central Park and like Bernadette Peters is riding a bike, you know, or, or Robert De Niro is having a sandwich with his And no one grandson. gives a shit. And nobody gives a shit. That's the beauty of New York. Like, yeah. you see it on Broadway. I've lived it. You, like, you do a show, and all of a sudden, like, there's, like, hundreds of people wanting to, to your autograph and your playbill, and then as soon as you're done and you walk two steps, nobody gives a shit about you, you know? So as soon as you're around That's the corner. That's the nice, beauty though, right? of New York, because yeah. it, it reminds you that it's just a job. 
You, yes. you know, we're just ordinary people with extraordinary jobs. Yeah. We're not extraordinary. We're just people, you know. New York reminds you that every five seconds. And I love that. <laughs> I love that because you can't be phony in New York. You can't be, you have to be real. Because that's, that's what I love about New York. You have to be real. Have you ever tried to, to go down a path that, that you quickly, re- or maybe didn't, uh, wasn't so quick, but you realize like this is completely wrong. And like at the time it felt right. And then yeah. you had to pivot, turn around and start over again. Yeah, Mexico City. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, the musicals were great. My albums were great. Um, I loved the, doing them, the concerts. Like, But like, for example, telenovelas and stuff. I'm like, uh, really? It's a lot of work, right? I don't like the process. I don't like the product. I don't, I don't like telenovelas. But I ha- if you lived in Mexico in those days... This is before Netflix, before HBO, before mm-hmm. like television changed. You had to do novelas, mm-hmm. telenovelas. Otherwise, nobody would know you and nobody would buy tickets to go see you to the theater. So I'm like, okay, so, so if I want people to buy tickets for me to go see me in the theater, I have to be known. How am I going to be known in this country? Doing telenovelas. But I never liked the process. I still, I still don't. I it's very boring for me to do TV because you're locked in your trailer for like 10 hours and then you forget your lines and all of a sudden, oh, it's time. I'm like, oh, what What was the scene about? Like, what? What? And in theater, you just know that for two and a half hours, you're going to go to the theater, put your mic on, stretch, vocalize, do a show, and then you're home. Like you press play. You know, And you know that you have like those three hours and then the rest of the day you're free and, you know... It's very different, and I like the process better, um, and I like the audience. Um, that's what I like. I mean, it's nice. TV pays well. They fly you first class, and it's it's nice, but it's boring. Would you do like a like a sitcom? I mean, of in, course. In if I were, I mean, of, of, I mean, would you turn down a lot course. of money? No, Let me, of yeah. course not. <laughs> but but I gotta be honest about it. it. Has to be something that I really, really, really enjoy. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, why do it? At this age and after everything I've been through and lived, I'm like, I'm only going to do things that I want. And I've, all, I've made sure that I've, I've designed my life in order to do what I want. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't have kids. So, you know, I don't have tuitions to pay or mouths to feed. It's just me. So that's a luxury. Mm-hmm. But that's a risk that I was willing to take and a sacrifice, you know. Did um, you always know that that was not the route you wanted I to I mean, take? in my late 30s, you know, a couple of years ago, I was like, well, maybe, but it lasted like five months, you know. <laughs> then, I mean, and my ex was very white. He's still a good friend of mine. And he was, he knows me, I'm, I'm pretty sure, better than most people. And he said, come on, Mao, your baby's your career. Like, your career's your child. And he was right. Yeah. Like, that is my baby to this day, you know? The, my, and she's very jealous, or he's very jealous, or they are too very jealous. Maybe yes, my career, your career is non-binary. Is non-binary. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, um, yeah, my career is jealous of my time of, you know? You had to pay attention to her. Yeah, that's a really interesting. Also, you're I'll, gay and your career is female. I just noticed. So, <laughs> well, because I think in Spanish. Well, because <laughs> carrera in Spanish is female. Oh, Let me carrera. Yeah. So, in I'm I automatically translated in my brain, and it's in English. It's in English, it's word. female, but it shouldn't really have a gender. So, wait, la mi carrera, mi carrera, carrera, mi carrera. You gotta so, roll the R. Carrera. <laughs> 
In Mexico City, you were saying uh, that to get to have people buy tickets, you had to do telenovelas, and then because otherwise uh, they're not going to go see you. Right, they're so not going to know who you are. What is the version of that now? Now with the internet, with social media, with everything? Well, it's changed, definitely changed, because now there's like Twit stars, and now there's like influencers, and now like Netflix and HBO. Like now there's international, and I think. Um, TV entertainment in general is more global. You know, mm -hmm. you can be living in a ranch in Idaho and still be well known in the rest of the world because of the internet. Yes. But back in the day, you had to be in Mexico City or Miami or LA or New York. You know, now you can be anywhere. I have a friend who's a very famous um, and well known like TV and film actress. She works in Hollywood all the time, but she lives in Mexico with her husband. So mm -hmm. she just flies to wherever the movie or I TV show that life. is shooting in like Canada. And she's married and everything. And she travels with her little dogs, like shoots the TV show for her eight weeks uh, with her little two dogs. And then goes back home to this little town in Mexico where her husband lives. And I'm like, wow, I love that. That's it. You know, you are vi vibrant and vivacious. I mean, you walked in the room and you can feel it. I'm can't wait to see you on stage i know that oh, you well, just you. own it you are a cancer survivor yeah four times four times um bladder cancer i just want like where does this wild abundant vibration right easy uh -huh. for me to say vibrant zest for life come i mean and, and how did did that help you when you were diagnosed well when you never think you're gonna get it you know my dad right. died of prostate cancer 21 years ago um so when I first was diagnosed was 2010. I thank God for my ex-husband, now ex-husband, Emilio, because he was next to me when the doctor was giving me that diagnose because I forgot everything. I forgot. Sure. I was like went into a shot. I'm like, what? But how am I? My brain just went like, wait a minute. I'm shooting a TV show, a telenovela, and um, I'm doing this musical and I'm recording my, how am I going to be on stage? Like, what? Like, I can't have cancer. I don't have time for this right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And so I went into like shock, but he remembered everything. Like where was it, where the tumors were, because I had five tumors. So I went into survival mode, you know, and I focused on getting better and getting back on stage. That's what I did. But I was very fortunate because I had a lot, lots of love surrounded me, like my best friend, my mother, and my ex-husband. Those were my three pillars, you know, that really got me through it. And my faith in God and in life and... In myself, too, and wanting to be back on stage, like wanting to be back on stage and singing and and not letting me, not letting it kill me. I was also fortunate because it was discovered in time, but I still had to go through chemo and everything, and it was very scary. Uh, that was the first time. And then they came back three times. Yeah, that's what I'm like, okay, the first time yeah. they tell you you have cancer, it's devastating. The second time, it's yeah. probably like, I don't, what the fuck? Like, we did this. <laughs> By the fourth time, how are you not, like, just fucking angry? The fourth was very, but because number two and number three, I was like, okay, just take the tumor out and let me go on with my life. This is not going to kill me. So I, like, was shooting a movie the second time around. The third one, I was doing a show. And I was just like, okay, get the tumor out and I'll do chemo. And I, like, I was like, okay, I'll keep on living. The fourth one was the hardest, I think, because it hit me the most. Because I was on the tour of On Your Feet. I had already made my Broadway debut. I moved to New York. I was in the middle of tour. And I was in L.A. in Hollywood at the Pantages Theater with Gloria and Emilio and my mom. And everything, everyone was there. And in intermission, I went to the bathroom to urinate. And that's how you really tell that there's something wrong because you urinate blood. It's almost like you opened up a, a bottle of red wine. Like oh. that's 
that's what it looks like. Um, so next day I was at the hospital and um, they did a cystect uh, cystectomy and yeah, cystoscopy, sorry. And they saw, they showed me four tumors and I had just had a, a checkup four months prior. So in four like, months, wow, hmm. four tumors grew. So something was going on with me, I don't know, emotionally or whatever, that my the tum four tumors appeared. So I had to leave tour. Uh, I was 40 years old. So all of a sudden, from being like the, the king of the world, yeah. before in the blink of an eye, I was back home in Mexico, unemployed, 40 years old, with cancer, fighting for my life, and very depressed. Mm -hmm. very very depressed and i didn't realize i was getting depressed and um that's that was the hardest i think that's like when i hit rock bottom you know i when i don't have when i don't feel like singing mm -hmm. i know there's a problem and i didn't want to even sing at all so that's when i know ooh, like something's wrong mm -hmm. but i went to the to two different uh, therapists, to, to, a to a psychiatrist and a, a psychologist. And from Monday through Friday, I would go to therapy and I would like meditate and like do everything that was in my power to get better. For like five months, I did that. And little by little. And until we found the right combination of meds too, because I needed help. You know, I couldn't do it alone. I'm like, I need antidepressants and anxiety pills to like fall asleep and and finally, I was clear, I was uh, clean, cancer-free, and I started like, oh, I can smile again. Like, uh, oh, this is me again. And I moved back to New York, and I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And I've been here for four and a half years now, and clean. It's the first time that I've passed the three-year mark. Usually, I, I never reached the um, got to the three-year mark, and now I'm about to... Uh, cross the five-year mark. So I must be doing something Celebrate. right. And even though we had a freaking pandemic, like that was my best te test. I'm like, oh, I think I'm I'm good because I'm not. I'm off meds. I don't take anything anymore. For I have haven't been for like two years now, and I'm the pandemic didn't drive me insane. I think I'm good. I th I'm, I must be doing something right. You, you, know? you said something yeah. so interesting, and I. Yeah. I resonate with it, which is in those four months, you said something must have been happening inside you. Oh, yeah, emotionally. Emotionally yeah. to create tumor. I mean, that's a yes. pretty advanced. I wanted to bring this up earlier, and then we got off the topic because, mm -hmm. uh, you know, e energy. And we, Alan knows I'm a little bit obsessed with the idea of quantum mm -hmm. physics and things happening. Like, everything is happening all at once. It's right. all existing. And you create it. And we're creating yeah. it, right? I, and, I believe that, too. And so... That's just fascinating to me that you were like, well, what was happening inside right. of me internally? And now I look back and I go, well, of course you got cancer, Mauricio. Like, <laughs> I wanted to do everything at the same time mm. and have a relationship, a long distance relationship and be a Broadway star and save money and get my green card, like, and travel. the Like, all at the same time, I, my poor body was just like, hold on, like, time out. You need to chill. And just relax and focus on what's really important, you know? Um, now I know that. Now I'm single. I have been, this is the first time that I've been single for longer than three years. And I'm like enjoying it. I'm single, focused on my career, on my health, on my well-being, on spending time with loved ones, and just having a good time in life. Like now I have my own apartment. I, like, I live where I've always wanted to live, doing what I've always wanted to do, in less of a hurry, because I was in a hurry. I'm like, 
What's the rush? Like just relax and enjoy. Sing for pleasure, not for and for you, not for anybody else. And that's when something clicked, you know. I think, you know. That's brilliant. I started relaxing more too, you know. When um, you take the pressure off of yourself, it takes the pressure and off. And you of... take yourself less seriously yeah. too. Yeah. You start like laughing at yourself too. And like, surrender. Wow. Yeah. Really surrender. You've declared. I'm the leading man. Like, this is it. This is the life. This is who I am. I'm here for this. Yeah. And then... But now enjoy it and laugh about it. And, like, don't take yourself too seriously. Because I did. Like, I was... Remember Glee? Mm -hmm. The character that (laughs) Leah Michelle played? Like, that was me. Like, back in, like, when I was, like, 20 and 21 and 22. Like, so driven and so obsessed with my career. Now I'm not... I'm not obsessed anymore. I'm like... Now I, I enjoy it. I relax and enjoy it. All right. One more quick break. Hang on a second. All right, here's the rest of the episode. When you stop comparing yourself with others, which is very hard to do in this business, very. and especially now with like the internet and like social media and everything, but when you focus on like your own path and your own needs and what makes you happy and yeah, and it's the little things. Like I'm very fortunate. I live like 5 blocks away from Central Park, so I I promised myself that I would go at least three times a day, uh, a week, a day. a day. Could you imagine? Oh my <laughs> God, where is he? He's in Central Park. <laughs> no, <laughs> three, at least three times a week. And I do it Good, because I live right here. Like I live where I've always wanted to live. And if I have nothing to do, like no scenes to study or no auditions or no, um, which happens frequently in this career, Every all of a sudden you like have a lot of work and then you have nothing. Mm-hmm. Enjoy New York. Go to the museums. Go to Soho. Go to Brooklyn. Go to, you know, like, enjoy New York. It's it's New York, man. It's New York. This is what you want it. Like, yeah. now live it. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, don't complain about the cold. Don't complain about the heat. Don't complain about the tourists because tourists pay for my bills. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Hmm? Yeah. Can I ask about fear? No, I was going to say. failure, I mean. Uh, I was just, I oh, I, I know both. <laughs> I know both Fs. <laughs> what is the next intentional risk you plan on taking? My next intentional risk I plan on not taking. Wow. You plan taking. on taking. taking. On taking. You want to calculate. Calculated intentional risk. Yeah. Ooh. Um, that's a very good question. Put it out there in the universe. Um. Staying put in New York, where I need to be. Because then the Latin world, which I'm also a part of in Spanish, like Telemundo, comes to seduce me every now and then. Like, (laughs) ooh, come do a TV show and blah, blah, blah. And um, make great money. And But that's not the market that I'm interested in anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm why? I'm, I'm planting the seeds in the language and in the city and in the business that I want to be in. Mm-hmm. because what happens with people like me that like we speak two languages we are with both we, we have both cultures it's easy to get confused like oh well i'm gonna go do spanish shows now so, oh no now i'm gonna go do english but then you lose focus like focus on what you really want what is what is it that you want okay i want to win a tony i want to be on broadway yes I wanna, so focus on that english not spanish 
which is very hard because Spanish is right. Like it comes back it's every so natural, every five yeah. weeks. It's like, oh, you want to come do this? <laughs> like, and and it pays so well. And I go, <laughs> I want to buy an apartment, but <laughs> um, I gotta stay where I want a career. Well, you know. You know yourself, you know. I have to. Yeah. At least now, maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, well, at least because these are my best years. Mm -hmm. I've, I've reached an age mm -hmm. where I have 10 to 15 years where the roles that I've always wanted to play are finally there for yeah. me. Like I've always wanted to play the role like Che Nevita, Phantom. Like, you know what I mean? Like, A Man of La Mancha, Cervantes, like, Kiss of the Spider. All the roles that I've wo waited to be right for, I'm finally right for. And make a great Christine so Diane. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tempt me. Uh, <laughs> um, but, so, I mean, I gotta stick, I stay it. put and stick around, which is a risk that I'm willing to take. Sure. Because it's not easy. Trust me, it's not easy. It's, well, I see my friends back home, like, in, like, the luxurious lives in Mexico and like making great money doing TV and I yeah but that that's not what I wanted I have had that and I didn't want yeah. it but every now and then I miss it I go oh that was so comfortable <laughs> you know like well, comfortable. as I push snow everything <laughs> like, you really want is just on the other side of uncomfortable right so, so. and that's not where I live what but about that's, that's where I've, I've never lived um in comfort never yeah I don't like it I can which, see that. which is so weird. <laughs> it's like um, no, I can well because you can tell. I think it's masochistic. The, no, I, I don't think so. Just from the time we've spent together, maybe because we're in the same room, is I think yeah. you can tell that that's not where you'll grow. Right. Period. You won't reach the dreams, and it's not gonna make me happy. Because mm -mm. I've always, I've always wanted to be where ex exactly where I am. Where I am. Like, so you're and so getting, confident. getting the auditions and getting the appointments that I've now getting finally. I'm like, don't move. This <laughs> is where you want to be. Yeah. It's what very about easy. failure? I, I've known it. I but mean, you don't give up any failure vibes. Oh, but I've known all. it. I've known it. I what mean, happens? Like, can you share? But like I don't a... see. But I failure is an interesting term because because it doesn't exist. It, it does and it doesn't. You know, I believe in lessons that you learn. Me too. You know what I mean? You see it as a failure is very immediate, but it vanishes really quickly. The lesson is what stays forever. You know, you may not get a part and you mean you or, or the show that you're on in closes or the album you released doesn't sell or the concert like you didn't sell any tickets. So you got to cancel like that could be a failure. But then it's a blessing in disguise mm -hmm. if you know how to open your eyes and be aware for the signals and be like, oh, I needed to go through this in order to get the other mm -hmm. to the other place or meet this person. Or So failure is like, I mean, I don't really believe in failure. You're me either. Because it's I believe in energy too. And you, you, what you put out, you get. Mm -hmm. So just even saying the word, I'm like, I don't like the word. It's it's. It's not a mistake or a failure. Like, I'm a divorced man. It doesn't mean that the relationship failed. It was beautiful for six and a half years. And then it didn't, it didn't it, serve it, you it anymore. It worked. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, it transformed into something else. But it didn't mean it. I failed. You know what I mean? Free. Like, so, but we're trained, like, when we're kids, we're, we're trained that way in school. Like, oh, you failed math. Well, yeah, but it's, I didn't fail. 
I tried. Yeah, and I learned to study more and like pay attention. (laughs) Like, you know what? Instead of watching MTV and pretending you know math, practice math. Like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it's a there's always a lesson to be learned, but it's our ego that gets in the way. And there's five grades. They're, I sound like Deepak Chopra now. <laughs> <laughs> Read my book on <laughs> how not to be a failure. Um, where can we find you online? Find your music? Where you can, can find me on any platform, music-wise, Spotify, iMusic, all those. Uh, I have two uh, Latin pop albums available. I'm working on my third album in English now with Broadway Records. And uh, you can see, stream my TV show, El Vato, on Netflix and Señora Acero on uh, also on Netflix. I'm and gonna do that with my kids. They're gonna get a yeah, kick out of that. it's fun. And they have subtitles. The if they don't, if yeah. they're not fluent in Spanish, <laughs> they have subtitles yeah. in English. Uh, so that's fun. And I have, I mean, I have a concert at 54 Below next year in March 5th, and I'm developing three musicals right now, and just wrapped up a TV show um, that streams next next year. So I'm, I'm very happy. There's a lot wow. of things happening. Um, yeah, come come before the storm, before everything pushes out. Yeah, yeah. This has been so much fun. Thank you Thank for spending you. some time Thank with us. Thank you for having me. Thank you. You're such fun energy to be around. And it's mm-hmm. such a nice um, interview because it's not really about like career, which is refreshing. It's about other stuff. I like exactly. that. Good. Yeah. Glad. It's almost like going to therapy. <laughs> You hear that? Oh boy! Do not tell Alan that he's like being. Oh no! Don't speak, Alan. Shut the fuck up, Alan. Alan. (laughs) Yay! What a great way to close the show. Mal is such a cool guy. He's so cool. And it was really, really fun to be in the same room together, you know, looking over the lights on Broadway. And you can hear actually some real, like, noises from Times Square because we were recording in Times Square in no, a studio. Those were not real noises, no, no, no. Alan. You those can. were you. At the beginning, yes, that was me. <laughs> but then throughout the interview, uh, I have edited edited it between recording this outro and uh, <laughs> and when we actually recorded it. So you can hear real noises. There so we were live. If you're listening city. in your car, there are no police cars behind <laughs> you. Probably. However, I do actually have a cold, and that distant cough in the background is me, and I'm sorry. Yes, yes. We should have apologized at the beginning. But now, retroactive apology. That works. I think I did tell everyone I had a cold, which is why I couldn't sing. And uh, That's why. I can sing, Alan. <laughs> but you and Mao were trying to purposely be off-key, and I was like, well, that works for me, because yeah. right now I definitely can't sing. Talk about Mao and purpose. Okay, this dude, I, I mean, we pulled it for the cold, cold open. He was like, I am a leading man. This is what I'm doing. Yes. Nothing else works, and I'm going to go down this path. And he has not deviated from that, no matter what kind of shit life has thrown at him, and including cancer four, four times. times. Yeah. Yeah. His vibration is so high. Like, he knows what he wants. There's no negotiation. It's just show up and make that shit happen. And it's contagious. I mean, mm-hmm. it is cool to be in the room with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I love too that like when he showed up in New York, just went down to the financial district oh and started passing out cards to sh- to like I'm I've never taught before. I I happen to know two languages. I guess I'll charge a hundred dollars an, an hour. hour with no experience in the teaching 90s. in the nineties, and people were taking <laughs> in them cash up on, in cash. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, it's I have clients who I have a hard time getting to charge seventy dollars an hour right now. 
in the year of our Lord, 2022. Well, this is a pretty expensive city, but yeah. Still. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the year of our Lord, 2022. I love that. I know I'm very not religious, folks, but it sounded funnier when I said it that way. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it. it's just, it's beautiful to see, like, I'm going to stay on task. And that was rather than take kind of a side gig acting job or serving or working at like dinner theater or whatever to hone quote unquote hone his craft he's like no fuck that i'm a leading man and then i'm gonna hustle these wall street guys mm-hmm. and he amazing. did and he was great and then now too he even said something too that was that um that, that was really cool to hear and he said he said that he works probably less than his colleagues now here in New York yeah. and all that, but he's much more selective and knows and exactly happier, what he wants. And happier, more balanced. Happier, balanced, yeah. So it, it comes down to like he's, you know, not taking antidepressants. He's he's going through this, uh, this he's oh, I guess he's put himself on the path to the journey that he knows he wants to be Absolutely. on. Absolutely. And that's no harsh on folks who need antidepressants because they're important if you need them. 1,000%. Um, and I think Mouse shared that he was on them for a while and they really saved him. But yes, when you feel balanced, when you're doing the thing that you're here to do, when you're really showing up for yourself and taking care of yourself, a lot of really magical things come together. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love him. He's great. I do too. I and want to be my best friend with you. With a tryout of best All friends. of our guests need to I just... I know. <laughs> we have the best guests ever. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree we do. Okay. Well... Where can we find where can we find more friends? We, where can for, more friends find us? <laughs> where can more friends find us? You can find us anywhere that you enjoy podcasts. Obviously, you're listening right now. Share it, like, subscribe, follow, review. Give us all those stars because it warms our little our little hearts. Our star needing hearts. Our star needing hearts. We are on Instagram at was it chance. And what's the email? What's the website and the email? Um, Wasitchance.com is the website and wasitchancepodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a note. Let us know you're listening. Yeah, let us know you're listening and how are you, you know, manifesting your success? What risks are you taking? All of that fun stuff. So you've been listening to Was It Chance, the podcast about embracing opportunity and taking intentional risk for your creative life. I'm Heather Vickery. And I'm Alan Seals. (laughs) We'll see you guys soon. Yay for outros! Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.